<laughs> yes, hello everybody. It is Thursday, it is nine, so it's UK Cowboys time. How are we doing, dudes? All right, all right. Good to be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord, Lord. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, you've been away for a little while, Paula. Uh, I know you're busy with a few things, but... <sighs> yeah, busy's an yeah. understatement, but yeah. <laughs> Back on the high horse now, though? I think so, and I think your flag just fell down there in the background. Ooh, and that's a bad <laughs> omen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as start as you mean to go on, huh? Yep. There we go, we're back in. The flag not... did not touch the floor, though. It's not a UK UK Cowboys fan show with Mike's flag falling down. At some point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, yes, guys. Yeah, we are here. So, obviously, yes, everyone at home, we get things back on track here. Yeah? Um, join in in the conversation, get talking, get chatting. Let us know what you think or feel about things that have gone on this week in Dallas Cowboys land. We are going to talk about the big news, of course. I know it's supposed to be a draft show, but... Um, uh, we do have to talk about the Mike Zimmer hiring, which we'll talk about. It is official. He is now the de- defensive coordinator. Um, I know me and you, Lorne, we spoke last week with Jamie about uh, Al Harris and uh, a few other coordinators or defensive yeah. coaching positions that were trying to get poached, but the Cowboys put the kibosh on that. Um but I thought what we would do is we'll look at the Mike Zimmer hiring. I get what you guys feel, what everyone at home feels, and really what that really means for the for the defense. I was going to go over a few plays and tell me what you think. Uh, but first of all, guys, uh, I mean we used to do this in the regular season, so uh, your thoughts and feelings. We'll start that first off with the Mike Zimmer hiring. What are your thoughts and feelings on the hire? I'm really, really happy about it, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, Zimmer's actually got a good track record against Shanahan offences. He yes. sticks to sticks to a more base defence. He doesn't overuse safeties, tournament linebackers. He goes to the more traditional rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could be something that we could be expecting going into this year's draft, like to get the right personnel and to fit this defence. Yeah. Um, so... I'm quite excited about it, and he has a really good track record when it comes to stopping the run. So, uh, so basically, every weakness that we've had as our defense under Dan Quinn, we are getting the strengths of it under uh, Mike Zimmer. So, if anything, it's a good sign. And with McCarthy and Zimmer being rivals towards each other in the NFC North back all this time, they know each other very, very well, and for they yeah. two to work together in that respect, I, I, I can like I don't want to be a foreshadow in the future or anything, but I think this could be a really good relationship going forward. Yeah, and you kind of got that. You kind of got that idea last night in the in the press conference as well. Yeah, um, you know they seem to bounce off each other quite well. You know, um, Zimmer was quite concerned that you know he was he had Mike McCarthy sitting next to him. He, all the questions were obviously going towards him, but you know, um, he was like, "Have you not got any questions for McCarthy?" You know, and trying to bounce things back off him. Um, I think a couple of weeks ago when we had Tag and um, uh, Nick's on, you know, we were down on 
Zimmer, you know, we didn't think he was probably the best, but actually having seen the the footage of Hard Knocks again with, with the Cincinnati well, Bengals... They, 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 they were on still, yep. yeah. Um, that, that was an eye-opener for me. Yeah, understanding that, you know, he... Um, Dion Sanders keeps phoning him and, you know, he's still got a relationship with all these players. He he was involved with Jackson State, albeit not directly, but, you know, he's called into <laughs> Colorado as well. So this, this thing about him being an old coach and not being able to interact with players, you know, his coaching style might not work. If he's, if he's been doing anything with college kids, then, you know, he should be able to have at least an in, a, a mindset. And again, as much as coaching is, it's all about getting your the teaching there so that the players know what the defense is all about, and then yeah. they can, uh, and they can go and run it on the field and run it as simply as possible for them. So, yeah, just kind of going back to what you were saying about the hard knocks, like the, it's the footage when he's on the sideline that really, really spoke out a thousand words for me is the fact that he's holding players accountable, getting in their face to try and get the best out of them. And you're seeing on the other side of it, when players are on the fringes, it's like, okay, what's wrong? Something's not right here. Like, what do you want? to? What? Why are you here? Do you want to be the best, et cetera, et cetera, to try and get the players that might be potential starters to get them elevated. It's like, listen, you have a golden opportunity to be here. It's like, take full advantage of it. You could make big things here. And he did that with Devin Still, pretty good example. Still had a good number of years in the NFL because of uh, Mike Zimmer, because he had that chat with him, elevated them up, and maybe not as long as some players you would expect, like for being like, I think he was like a second round draft pick or something, like that, I believe. But, um, but he played like seven seasons in the NFL. Like played the majority obviously with Cincinnati, then went to two other teams after that. But it just comes to show that maybe having these one-to-one talks with certain players and that to really bring the best out of them. So when you kind of think about it, if like if you had Zimmer to like sit down with like a Neville Gallimore, for example, that could be an eye opener. And uh, I can hear some some forty-one there. <laughs> Cheers, Mike. <laughs> Sorry, just me. Just running run, run the ad, and it decided to start playing on me. I don't know why. All right, uh, but but yeah, it's it, it kind of feels like okay, this is the type of thing that we might like because we didn't really see that with Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is obviously up in the box. He's not there on the sideline like the majority yeah. of all defensive coordinators. The majority of them, like he's there and like he's assessing it, being on the sideline, whatever not, like. I'm not holding that against Dan Quinn as a criticism. I just I prefer the approach of being beside your players and actually talk to them face to face right there, right then, and get the problem resolved rather than passing the message down to a phone call or passing it on to your assistant coaches. So, I mean, it did work for Dan Quinn to a certain extent, but I think with this more approach with Zimmer is more likely to be on the sideline, I'm fully on board with. So I'm I'm very happy with the whole acquisition with Zimmer. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, there was the whole drummers of Rex Ryan, which I don't think that's just more of a media move, if I'm being perfectly honest, build up, like, and there was obviously a big run, Rivera as well, but yeah. I have made the right choice. 
But I will say though, and I can understand the frustration. Like our uh, big game, James did make a good point on this. He's happy with the hiring of Zimmer, but he's not happy of the process because it's the way how the Cowboys hire people. It just always seems to now down of like it's a certain tree that we've got. It's the not, big boys club. Yeah, it's not like outside. Yeah, if you're not out, if you're not in the circle type of thing, yeah. then you're not going to get hired. Yeah, that's what kind that's of not- like. So that I can understand that aspect of bringing Zimmer in, but but the majority of Cowboys fans. I would say are quite happy the fact that Zimmer's on board, but they're just not happy the fact that it's someone that's actually part of the tree. Yeah. But it's a it's a weird dynamic we've got here. But I think when Zimmer gets starting from now, obviously, he's going to start assessing the defense. What do we need? What do we need to improve on? What type of players are we going to be looking at in the draft, etc.? I think mm. we're going to be happy with that type of coach. Helping likes of Harris. Obviously, we still need to get a new defensive line coach as we've Aiden Dirty now off to Seattle. And uh, and, Sh- and Sheree Floyd, the and, the, and, the the yeah. one year defensive tackles coach, he's now gone off to join Dan Quinn and uh, yeah. Junior at um, the Commanders. Yeah. So and it won't and this won't surprise me um, of us making an approach to the New York Giants defensive line coach, who I can't remember his name top of my head, but he... Andre, worked... Andre Patterson. That's the one. Thank you, Lauren. I knew I could always rely on you on that. <laughs> um, so, yes, Andre Patterson, who has been with Mike Zimmer for way over 10 years plus, yeah. even at Cincinnati, Minnesota. It would not surprise me we bring him on board to be our D-line coach, would not surprise me. So well, the, the, the Giants have actually blocked that. Sim, similar, oh, have they? Wow. Yeah, they've blocked okay. that, so that isn't happening. Um, obviously, Zim had a phone call in the middle of the press conference. Someone was phoning him back looking for a job, or, you know, that that's what he alluded yeah, to yeah. as well. So, mm, interesting. Um, but the, they've obviously got work to do to finalise the staff, and I think that's probably going to go on till probably a couple of days after the combine because the combine is still a, a sort of melting pot for executives as well. Yeah. So And to yeah. pick up staff. Like it's a yeah. good place to interview not just the players but yeah. future staff members. It's, it's a, like you say, it's a great melting pot for it all. Well, uh, well, if that's a, if that, well, here's a good thing then, but this could be where this could please Cowboys fans, what I was kind of talking about, like thinking outside the bubble here. We could go in a different direction of Mike Zimmer might actually know someone from the college degrees to bring on board to get them, give them a shot in the pros. This could yeah. be something that we've not even thought about because we have thought about who's Zimmer worked with all these years. Like that's Patterson. Like you said, Lauren, that's now been denied. Okay, what else can we look at as Zimmer had a good interest of like liking a coach that at like 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 Jackson uh, was it Jackson State uh, he was at the, uh, the college yeah. he was consulting yeah. for yeah so yeah yeah there yeah. could be a guy there we could look at there could be some other coaches that he actually said I like the look at him I like what he's done for that college I like how he's kind of like set out this actually would fit my idea of our scheme going for Dallas I would like to take that chance on this guy. So it could be it could be something there. Who knows? 
Yeah. I mean, because yeah. I'm with you as well with, you know, going back on the conversation a little bit that I said it as well. You know, what Big Games was saying that I said, look, if they hire Mike Zimmer, it tells you that their coaching philosophy is big boys club. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. That it, it, as long as you're in the big boys club, they're going to bring you in. Yeah. Um, and I mean, in a way, that kind of is not a bad thing. But, you know, sometimes it can be good. Like, it worked. We, you know, if we start from the Mike McCarthy era, that they bring him in. It starts with Mike Nolan, uh, which was a complete flop. But then they get Dan Quinn. So then they go back to the idea of this maybe try um, the whole head coach. You know, we've tried head coaches. Let's try it again. And I think that's what this is. And it's just resorting back to the big boys club, in my personal opinion. Because I actually believe that when he finished coaching in Minnesota, I thought, well, that's it for him. He's not coaching in the NFL again. But turns out he is. I mean, I mean, who's the who was the former head coach for the Texans and went to the New England Patriots back as did DC again? Like he, he pretty much coached JJ Watt for the majority of his career. He was on Hard Knocks. Um, oh, uh, O'Brien. Um, that's the one. Uh, yeah, like, Bill, O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Yeah, like so he like that's kind of same what Bill Belichick and I did. He brought on an our head coach on back on board yeah. with him. Yeah. So, and. I, I think uh, O'Brien actually still does a fairly decent job as a defensive coordinator. So I think it does work. I think it just it, I think it's just making sure that all the coaches are in the same wavelength and the yeah. communications for the players are actually clicking essentially. So, but yeah, um, fingers crossed this will pay off. But when it comes to like looking for a Zimmer's actual staff in terms of who he wants and his defensive personnel, I think that's going to be more the, we might need to go outside the big boys club and actually maybe look at yeah. something else, something different here, because like you said, Lauren, we couldn't get Patterson. That would, I think that would have been the first choice essentially yeah. for, for Zimmer. That's been denied. So he needs to think, okay, hmm, where else do I need to look at here? Is there anyone in college I could think? And, and Jerry would be like, okay, I might not necessarily need to pay him as much as well as a coach because this this is a new guy coming on board, like yeah. and into the fold. So, because if you're bringing in a bit more experience than you expect to get paid a bit more, like like experience pays more. I think yeah. the other thing as well, the reason why you've gone gone down the the former head coach route as well. Obviously, this is a one year deal essentially because yeah. Mike McCarthy's in the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy likes the fact that he can just focus focus on the offense. He's got somebody who he he has a a a respect for in Mike Zimmer. He had the same respect for in Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. They, yep. they, they yeah. both actually, you know. For all that Dan Quinn was supposedly the heir, the heir apparent, you know, and everything like that, there wasn't any, there wasn't anything like the 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 breakdown with uh, Dayball and uh, Wink Martindale in New York. You haven't seen anything like that happening again, maybe because Quinn's up in the box and McCarthy's on the field, but you haven't seen anything like that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there was no suggestion that there was any rift. And I mean, you probably would have got that because obviously you had the players that reached out to Jane Slater 
when Mike Nolan's defence was um, <laughs> ca- causing all sorts of consternations. Um, <laughs> and then if you brought somebody new in, look at look at um, the team that have uh, parted ways with their defensive coordinator this week after losing the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Steve yeah. Wilkes is now out. I know. They're gonna that's be, that, that's they're a gonna, shock. Yeah. Yeah. I could I could not I, I, believe I, I, that. Admittedly, they have taken a slight step back this year defensively, according to statistics, since Demeco Ryan's gone. But um, and this was somebody that they brought in, obviously from Carolina. Um, <clears throat> but you know, uh, you know, if if you bring in somebody new in who's going to tear something down, and for all Aiden Dirty, obviously Aiden Dirty's gone off to a good job in Seattle because yeah, and we, we wish the him new, all the best. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And the, the new head, the new head coach there, former Baltimore DC, he's he's going to be running his defense. He's going to be doing the Mike McCarthy side of things and actually calling the plays. So mm-hmm. all all that Aiden Dirty's got to do is teach it up, get them ready for Sunday, and then you know. The, the play calling is actually going to be handled by the head coach. So again, the pressure's off with him. But if he'd be if he'd come in and been appointed the DC from from within, then you've probably got concerns that you know does he have the experience to in the call, calling of the plays? Um, and we don't really. Mike McCarthy certainly doesn't have a shot um, at saying, "Well, okay, uh, you know, there's always next year." Um, this really is a one-year deal for him, so he's he's got to he's got to prove it himself. Um, yeah. And the best way to go is somebody like Zim. Yeah, and I think from our expectations, anything be if he gets beyond the divisional round, I think if he gets to an NFC Championship, I think that will give him an extension. Essentially, yep. I think. Yep. Um, with the time and resource that Jerry and Stephen have put in for McCarthy, so I think this is the this what's the right term here? Putting the straw on the camel's back or something like that. Like this is the like we, we've tried. We just can't get over that final hurdle. We may have to try something different here. That whatever yep. what happens next season, if it's success, then great. We'll keep on McCarthy. If we don't, then we need to expect it could be a full rebuild. For all we know, after in the further future, who knows? But but yeah, it's um it's going to be a very interesting season, and uh, and I'm probably like like yourselves. I'm not like your typical Cowboys fan. It says oh it's Super Bowl this uh, Super Bowl that you know like it's it's our year. Like when we need to kind of like be realistic here. It's like we need to be very critical when it comes to our team and yeah. I just think like with what we're kind of going forward to like it's setting up to be like the way how the, the cards are getting lined up for this season going up ahead and not to mention uh, we don't know what we're going to be doing in terms of players like are we going to bring back Bayadish which the rumours are based on Brian Broadus Bayadish is not coming back, coming back yeah. So we may be we might be looking to kind of go for um, is it Powers uh, Johnson, the yes. center from Oregon, yeah. which would be a fantastic pick, fantastic. 
My what? scouting report on him just came out about an hour ago. Yeah, yeah, I read, I read it. It was fantastic, mate. It was fantastic. So, and and I've watched some game film of him because, as you know, me and Lauren would like we we are obsessed with O line and G line. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're obsessed with the trenches. So we know what we like. And power and Powers yeah. Johnson is no joke. So if we were to land him in the first round of the draft, great. That kind of fits that void. But you need to think about all the other aspects as well. So. We've got we've got one piece of the puzzle here with Zimmer now on board. It depends who he brings in, and it depends with now that personnel for defense. How is he going to address that system that he wants to impose? Do we have enough depth for linebacker? Do we have enough personnel for in the secondary? Do we have for like for like Mike McCarthy? What else do we need to improve on the offense? So there's a lot of moving pieces we still need to kind of figure out before the season even starts. So. When it comes to free agency and when it comes to the draft, it's it's gonna this is gonna be a big year for us. And Jerry did stay saying we'd need to go all in this year. So if that's whatever case, that means. What, 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 <laughs> I, I'll take whatever Jerry says with a pinch of salt, because he has said that <laughs> in numerous numerous years and we've just picked up players that Dan Quinn wanted. Mm. Like like Jaron Kers, etc. Like, don't get me wrong, they've turned out great for us and stuff like that, which is yeah, fine. Yeah. But they served the purpose. It served the purpose, but it wasn't what we were expecting. Yeah. Like the expectancy was maybe go all out, get a Mary Cooper. That mm. type of all out. Like that was a big thing for us like back then. So it really just depends, like because we don't really have as much draft picks we would like to go into this draft. So we need to be very caution. And in terms of where we are in the salary, the players are coming up with their contracts, etc. We need to be very precise on what we're doing this year mm. if we're going all in. So yeah. it's going to be a very complex off-season going into the, the new season, I would say. So let, we'll go with our fans, first of all, right, guys? Because I just want to key on one thing, and then we're going to move to the Mike Zimmer defense, right? And I'm going to ask mm. you whether the players fit the bill. Right. Oh, talking to Bill, Bill O'Brien, who we were talking about earlier, by the way, Paul, he's about to become the head coach of Boston College. Just like, oh, that, wow. Know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was at Alabama. Then he went to Ohio State as coordinator. And now he's looking to get a head coaching job for, for the Eagles. Oh, congrats, congrats to Bill O'Brien. It's a, it's a good college. I just, thought I'd let, I just thought I'd let you know. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's <laughs> Great a college. Re- re- good, really good, good team. They had Steve Flowers there last, uh, last year. So, Always churn out offensive linemen, Paul. Yeah. If, ever, if you're going to watch tape on offensive linemen, just go to Boston College and start there. It's a great place to oh, start. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No. <laughs> right. Thanks, thanks for that, Mike. Just... Yeah, I just, <laughs> just a bit of general information. I posted it on a group a couple of days ago. But anyway, um, offense. What I wanted to talk about is the Cowboys have spent their fourth round pick on uh, Trey Lance, backup callback. Okay. Yeah. I know. Right, so what I'm going to ask is, is either Cooper, Coops, or Lance the backup quarterback next year on in this following this upcoming season? In terms of the business decision, I think it's going to be Trey Lance because it's cheaper. True. That's yeah. the only reason why I'm saying it. If you're going Could to it say be either. I think you're probably gonna. I think you're probably gonna have both on the roster, or you're at least gonna. 
obviously this new rule that was brought in last year, we kept the, the three, QB three, yeah, kept yeah. three QBs. Um, and obviously, you know what you've got with um, <clears throat> with Cooper Rush. He's under contract for this year. It's only one and a half million. Mm. Relatively, it's relatively cheap. Um, you know, unless you unless you go drafting something or picking somebody up as a UDFA, um, you know, you're, you to to develop. But then again, this is a year where Mike McCarthy's all in, so you don't yeah, do that. We, we, we can't afford to go out on a backer quarterback this year. We can't do it. Like, um, <laughs> as much as Mike McCarthy does like doing that, we have bigger needs this year. Like, there's O-line, there's running back, there's, like, those are the two yeah. main things for the offense is the O-line and the running back position because we still don't know what we're going to do with Tony Pollard yet. Our, like, my my guess is I don't think we're going to give him an extension, if I'm being perfectly nope. honest. Nope. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't either. I think you let him go and test you go let him go and test the waters if nothing happens you sign him back much the same way you did Leighton van der Esch when he was a free agent um mm-hmm. but uh, it, but obviously that puts you on you know that gives you the, the 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 leverage in any contract negotiations if there's nothing out there um yeah yeah and and with this year's draft, like I don't think there's many running backs in the early rounds that's worth even looking at. But in terms of the Not later rounds, two. yeah, it's definitely a day two. I would say like maybe third round m- m- minimum. But I it think it's likely. I think it's going to be like a fourth round draft pick for a running back, perhaps. Well, we don't have a fourth round, sorry. No, no, yeah. So no. it would have to be a fifth round. And there's plenty of them out there. Some of them are a lot more physical. Some of them are a bit more elusive and stuff like that. Yeah. So we could probably bring in a similar type of player to Pollard to kind of be an under, like to fit into the mold or get one that's more the, it kind of ticks all the boxes as a yeah, more yeah. overall that could be more that um, rotational, like we can be that running back by committee approach like mm. some of the teams have and done in the works. past and and, yeah. and, and, and it works Cincinnati yeah. well no Cincinnati yeah. uh, the, the Chiefs Patriots. Chiefs Patriots. Patriots yep and it's worked perfectly fine so I don't see it being an issue getting a running back in the, the later rounds I think it definitely needs to be addressed yeah. if we somehow get Derek Henry and I think it will cost us a fair bit oh, I yeah. don't as much as I would love that to happen, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I put him in one of my articles on free agents to go get. It was him, but when you look at the cost, it's a lot. Now, this might sound controversial, right? Mm. Now, I put I, in terms of draft and everything else, I've said the third round is the sweet spot for, for running backs um, yep. for a number of reasons. But um, one of the things I think might be controversial to say and people will be like, <gasps> when I say this, but I don't think it's a bad idea, is actually keeping Tony Pollard. Not as your RB1, but to keep him. Because we know that when you see him with Zeke in the past, when he's not the prime running back, when he's not trying to play all three downs, and he's your relief or spell or scat back, whatever you want to call him, he's very effective. He won the Cowboys games playing in that style. And what we've seen this season or the season just gone is the limitations 
of what Pollard is. And those mm-hmm. limitations make him less effective. I actually yeah. think keeping Pollard isn't a bad idea. But if you keep him Pollard, you have to go with the mindset that he's your backup running back, not your prime running back. But the likely chance of that, that's not going to happen. Well, especially from the fans' perspective. If, they, yes. uh, like if we sign Pollard back, people would expect him still to be RB1. Yeah, that would be the what they're thinking. They'd be saying, oh, we're keeping, to, like you say, the expectation of the fans will be, oh, great, we just signed Pollard. We're not going in the draft to get a running back. I say still get a running back. Mm-hmm. You know, you still need a thumper at the end of the day because when we were down in the five, you know, when you're at the five-yard line and it's second and five or second and goal, if you like, then, uh, and we're we're within five yards. Tony Pollard struggled to get it in. We've seen it time and time again because he's not a thumper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, even though his stats, like from a general perspective, he's at over a thousand yards a season running back. Yeah, it's great, but for the type of player he is and the limitations, like he could have thought, like for a running back number one, we expect him to throw in up the stats like your McCaffrey's and stuff like that to be that type of barn burner, essentially. Mm. So, and I just see Joe's comment, he would like to have Pollard and Derek Henry together. That that would have been a perfect, like, like case it scenario. Works. That would yeah. work in it's money, all though. aspects. That would work. But realistically, from financial aspect, that would just never would happen. Because yeah. Pollard would still expect to get paid a fair chunk of money, but he would. But from from Paula's point of view, he doesn't want to be a backup anymore. He wants to be the front guy. Yeah, and well. on another team, he yeah. probably can be. And I think when I was looking at it, his market value is around about seven, and that would be about the same of what Derek Henry is looking for. Yeah, and, and so 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 when you think about 14, it, 40 14, million, uh, 14 million dollars a year, that's that's going to weigh on your salary cap already, and that's not even including, like, okay, what are we going to do about offensive line here? Yeah, like, because yeah. with, 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 obviously, with tax the light, contracts, that's contract, like, because that's not going anywhere. We're going to have to extend them to bring the cap down. Do something. Yeah. yeah, we're going to have to do something. So, and not to mention there's Parsons as well. We need Parsons. to talk about that. Yeah. So, there's, there's so many strings coming towards us this year. So, and, Oh, and this is actually a good question. Joe just asked, yeah, would you bring back Zeke if he was available? I say, yeah. Why not? He, the tail end of his season looked a lot better. As the I, season progressed, well, 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 of course, Of course, he didn't just sign up to, what, like week five or something like that? Yeah, oh, no, yeah, but I mean, when you look at, like, when he, as he started, it, it looked a bit but, shaky. As I he bet, got towards I, the end of the let's season, be honest, let's, let's be honest, mate, you just landed in the team. You're not expected to get your feet going on the first huddle, learning this new playbook, learning this new offensive system and that. It's going to take you a couple, a, a good amount of weeks to really get your feet settled in. And we did get uh, to see that at the end. He he was he was picked up for training camp. He was in training camp with the Patriots. Was, was he? Yeah, he'd missed the OTAs, but I think he was certainly in training camp with the Patriots. So, But obviously there was the whole Ramondre Stevenson being the, being the feature the prime. for the, yeah, yeah. you know, and... I thought he was picked know, up late, late on because no one picked him up. No, no. When he got to training camp, basically. 
Because right. if you remember, if you remember, the the there was a whole shaved head and you know going mm. back to the the youth original the, Zeke, yeah, r- rather than the shade. Remember, we we, we kept on having Zeke, and, and Zeke, it was just going on forever, and we were just like, somebody just needs to sign Zeke, so the story ends. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I, again, you know, what we are looking for is to try and get two serviceable backs. Yeah. That aren't going to, you know, we, we were getting lambasted for spending 17 million on our backfield two years ago with Zeke and yeah. Tony. Yeah. Tony. Yeah. Last year, you were still spending, what, 12 million because the bulk of that Zeke was, was on hard. dead money. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, well, that wasn't included. That wasn't including Zeke's dead money. But, um, you know, if you, if you think that Daldo and Malik Davis, when he was brought up as well, they were they were the cheap option. Mm. And you know you were paying all this money, uh, Tony Pollard on a one-year deal. Dowdle's out the door too this season. Yep. I think he'll be so, back. I think I think Dowdle will be back. I don't know. I think the the issue you got with Dowdle is you're always worried about when when the cord's going to snap, when he's going to get injured because that's always been. It's never been with Dowdle an issue of how his skill level. It's oh been no, an issue of course. Of durability. I think this year's actually been his strongest year in terms of actually yeah, staying on the field. So yeah, I think things I think things have improved and we've seen that. Like obviously with previous years, like we would actually like we even were quite surprised when we spoke to Brian Broadus, uh, asking him uh, what is his uh, depth chart for the running back and he had Dowd at number two and we were actually quite surprised. Mm. But because obviously Broadus is actually Feet, uh, feet down, seeing it for himself. He had Dowd at number two, and I was like, "All right, okay, we'll, we'll take you worth it." And, and he, he was absolutely spot on. And yeah. uh, it's like, and obviously, the, the question will always linger. It's like, will Dowd actually keep fit? And for the majority of this season, he did. He like did, he did. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he missed one day. I think it was like one game. He missed. May have that uh, possibly. The, I think. I think. I think there was certainly when. When you and I were at Top Golf in week two, and I was driving home from that and listening yeah. to Brad and everything, there was question marks about his hip then, and mm, it was yeah. possibly the same hip injury that had sidelined him for the whole of the season two years ago. So, um, you know, there was there was concerns about that, but um, you know, it, it, with any with any of these guys, I mean, that, that again, this is the thing. You you can come out you can come out of college and you can have fifteen injuries in college and you have absolutely nothing in the NFL. You come out of college, you're you've got a clean bill of health and two plays in, you snap your leg and that's you. You're on a steady decline and all this. Sort of stuff. It's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because the the whole chatter right now is about a certain linebacker from uh, NC State right now, Peyton Wilson. Right now, yeah. history of injuries in college. How's it like? There's no doubt, like, really he bad. could be a risk worth taking in the draft. He is phenomenal with a wrestling background. He knows how to tackle and stuff. Like, I know I'm jumping from offense to defense here, but yeah, it's okay. We're moving to defense now. I know, but, 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 <laughs> but, but the point I'm trying to make, like, he's had a history of injuries. This very could be, bad like, one, too. And very bad ones. Yeah. And we've seen it with other players in the past where, like, you just mentioned there, Lauren, very. Injury ridden during college, but when it came to the pros, they nothing like nothing happened to them. They were actually better than they were in college. But when it comes to players, never been injured before, 
in college and go into the NFL, like Joe Burrow, for example. That's probably the best example I could think of. Like, and there's even talks about him. It's like if he takes one more knock and that, uh, if it's his knee or his ankle and that, that could be him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there, was, yeah. and there was even the talks of tour, right, with the head concussions and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So I think it really just depends on how good your medical staff are, which we do have one of the best. If, if, yeah. that's, one, if that's one thing that we do well, it's actually get, giving players second chances from devastating injuries. Well, like we've Jalen we've, Smith, we've, we've seen for, Frisco. <laughs> yeah, so got everything there, you know. Yeah, um, so it's yeah, it's it, it's it's amazing what the staff can do there, and in comparison to what you get in college, you might not have the some, especially with some colleges and that they might not have the more state. Of some the of art. them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really, I think it really just depends on what college you go to, like how rich like, they are. Yeah, like 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 NC State compared to Alabama or Texas Longhorns, there's a big difference. Oh yeah, you know. Definitely. So I think what like when you have a player like coming from a smaller school and getting all the first class treatment and healthcare, it can definitely pretty, make their career last longer for sure. Hmm. Yep, that's for sure. I mean, we talked about Peyton Wilson ironically on Tuesday. We went through his issues uh in detail it's pretty wild but let's move to the defense right guys because we're talking on mike zimmer so obviously we're going to see a very very different defense to what we've seen in the past right for some players it's going to really help them for other players it doesn't do really doesn't change much for other players we have to ask what their role is going to be and how they fit that's what I'm going to do here. Yes? You like this? Uh, Chris, uh, the first person that comes to mind, uh, well, ask the question first, but there's one player that comes to mind I think is going to benefit from this big thing. Oh, I've seen one straight away as soon as it kicked in. We've probably got the same guy. So, obviously, the Mike Zimmer defense, as you say, it's going to be a little bit more traditional. I still think there's going to be high elements of the nickel defense, so just two linebackers on there. When you think of the Vikings defense with, like, Anthony Barr and all the rest, I'm trying to think of that. I'm predicated on the defensive back safeties most certainly, right? So, cover two is really the Mike Zimmer defense. So, I thought, first of all, let's go to linebackers, right? And then we'll talk about the defensive line, which is the big one. <clears throat> I think me and you were thinking of the same guy, Paul, by the look on your face. Right, well, I'll t- I t- I tell you what, Mike. We'll do the count of three and we'll say the name, right? right. One, two, three. Mazzy Smith. Oh, oh, really? I was thinking D-Law. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I- I'm going with Mazzy Smith. Mazzy Smith makes a lot of sense, too. Um, but I- I- what we'll do, we'll go to Mon Clark, right? For me, I think... Having Zimmerin doesn't change much. I don't know what mm. you guys think. I think it's the cover two. You can keep Damon Clark playing the lateral game, which is what he's best at. That um, will type linebacker that can float and find the ball carrier and tackle, tackle, tackle. Very miss, very few missed tackles. Very disciplined. Is understands his role. It's not. He's not like this elite game changing linebacker, right? Is what I see Damon Clark. But he's a guy who you say, this is your job, and he'll go do it. I don't know what yeah. you think about that. I'd, I'd agree. I mean, again, Mike Zimmer is very good at um, getting the best out of guys who potentially aren't big-body guys. You know, he had Dexter Coakley, that win, 
um, back back in the heyday. Oh, where if you're going back they were all the way back, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and obviously Parcells, tiny, Par, Par, Parcells came in. Parcells wanted big linebackers. That's he, right. He ended up eating his words because yeah, of the job crow, yeah. that um, the, the the job that uh, Zimmer did with those guys. He actually um, apologized actually, Long, for saying because he said he thought that when he was like, he's not a linebacker, he's off my crew. And he ended up apologizing because he ended up leading yeah. the league in tackles one year. But yeah. sorry, carry on. Uh, the, I mean, the one thing again, picking up on what was um, spoken in the press conference last night as well, is this isn't going to be a traditional Mike Zimmer defense as well in some respects he's you know he's saying he's coming in he's look he's already started watching tape now i believe him when he says this this isn't the mike mccarthy oh I yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's coming in he says he knows what the strengths of this defense are that he's coming into and he's only wanting to work on the weaknesses now that means that you know I think it, uh, as Paul saying, Mazzy Smith. Why the hell was Mazzy Smith losing thirty kilo, uh, thirty pounds or whatever? Yeah, that didn't. Thirty you know. kilos, jeez, you'll be bloody. Well, no, thirty you'll, kilos. You'll be, be, you'll be the size of Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get to Jamie's size. Oh, I know. I'm trying to work on that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I no, but I I totally agree with you, Lauren. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I mean, there is going to be a renewed look at um, rush defense there, uh, and Mike Zimmer does like that. You know, again, Mike Zimmer likes a big nose tackle guy, much like you know he had with Jay Ratcliffe at one point, um, that sort of thing. Um, you you want somebody like that, but if you remember, he also had Leon Lett. So that's that's yeah. your OC. That's your Rosa Odigizuwa, that sort of guy as well. So, um, you know, it, it's generally it's probably going to be more four three than it is this hybrid hybrid front. I um, agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I think I think four three, especially when it comes to the run defense, needs to be a must. And none of this linebacker coming off to the edge type of thing anymore. Mm-hmm. None, no more hybrid. It needs to be very like four three, and that's it. Yeah. So and definitive and it, roles. Yeah, and it really helps simplifies the roles for the players as well. They know there what they're jo- and it goes back to the whole Bill Belichick saying, "Do your job," yeah. rather than simplified I, is what I, I like. I, for. Like less is more. Like the less complicated, the more effective it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talking of that, let's go to the next guy, right? I thought this one was quite interesting. I like this idea. So Marky's Bell and. I'm saying I don't want him as the traditional linebacker or forced into the linebacker role, but I like the idea of him being in the Mike Zimmer in that cover two defense, but playing the Rover role in kind of like what Jay Curse was, uh, Jay Ron Curse was doing. So he's in and out of both sides of it, rotating around depending on the style or, or depending on what the offense is doing. I, I actually think he fits quite well. I think no matter what you do with Marquis Spell, he's going to fit in, fit well in. Like for being a guy that was in and because out, because he's in that weird. Yeah, yeah, what, what I'm trying to say is, like for him being in and out in different positions all season long, he did he did it very very well and very effective. But I'm yeah, very excited yeah. if you were to stick him in one position. I love to see what he can do because. 
that was one of the guys that we were really excited about yeah when we picked, coming when in we picked, coming in yeah. like when we picked them from undrafted mm. yeah yeah i i quite like the idea of him yeah playing that's on the road i agree with I, you I, like i think that that suits him really well i quite like it yeah if he if he's if, if my, my key spell's got that one role to stick with then i would expect some really good things coming at him this year like yeah not like high high expectations but enough to like he's contributing he's helping out in <clears> every way shape or form assisted tackles he'll uh, drop back into coverage as the linebacker or whatever now whatever that may be but if he knows that solid role that he's doing that and he can perfect that craft under yeah. that role i yeah. think he'll he, he, i think he will continue he'll, to stack good games oh you i think yeah. the word i'm looking for is flourish i think he's going to flourish <laughs> even more and and I think if you define his role as well, he knows what he he can spend all off season. If you tell him he's going to be a linebacker, he can go and work on putting fifteen twenty pounds on. That, yeah. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. That's a that's a nah thing as well. Like yeah. if you're like, remember what we did with Tyron Crawford year in and year out. It's like okay, it's like Tyron, you're going to be a free tech. We need you to put an, an extra year. twenty yeah. pounds yeah. this year. It's like all right, okay. Well, and then a new D. Like defensive coordinator or new D line coach, okay, we want to make you more hybrid, so we may need you to shed those twenty pounds back yeah. down again. Play he, five like, back, yeah. Like as much as I, I love Tyron Crawford, but I, I hated how he utilized them. If we just stuck him to that one role, that would have been great because I think he would have been much more effective being that guy stuck to that one role because he was truly, he was killed. truly a defensive end, but yeah. pushing him more into the inside, it did do his job, yeah. But I feel like we lost that little bit with him on yeah. the edge. So I think, and this kind of goes back to the home Mazzy Smith where it comes to adding weight on. So yeah. I think all the clicking points are starting to click here. It's like okay, like we've actually we're going to bring someone in. It's actually going to nullify these annoyances these weaknesses like get Mazzy Smith some more weight back on to make him a proper defensive tackle the way that Mike Zimmer has utilized them in the past yeah like say what like if, if he's going to make Marquis Bell linebacker then obviously he's going to pack on some more muscle which is going to be Definitely. great because we need that especially when it comes to the run defense because mm-hmm. that's one problem to take had. the impact take the impact because that's one thing we were very undersized with the guys that were coming in to fill those positions 100%. down. So all those are good points to fit, uh, to really uh, suss out. So I think we're in a good place of knowing what needs to be done in this offseason. So I think me and you are in the same boat here. We're in the same line of thinking, Paul, when me and you said D-Law Amazi Smith, right? I'm saying D-Law is a huge plus on this Zimmer defense because he's all about the run defense. He's one of the best yeah. run-stopping yeah. defensive ends. So he's going to, I think Zimmer's going to lean on Tank a lot and go, set the edge, control it, you're the guy. And I think... Especially on the strong. Like, yes, definitely. But is that the same line of thinking of what you think Really, what was so my style of thinking is that's what he's good at. Is that the same line of thinking with what you've got for Mazzy then? And talk about Mazzy on this defense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I think, I mean, I think this will benefit D Law quite a what quite well. Like whether he's to put in more pounds or whatever, and that I don't yeah. think I think he's found the way he is. Like he's been very consistent. Like he's not getting, excuse me. 
the stats that people would expect him to be because he is a, like a so-called edge rusher. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, sorry. Yeah. So, but the the thing I'm kind of not worried about is the knock-on effect. Zimmer coming in. What's that going to do to Micah Parsons now? Ah, there we go. Well, this is the one. We'll get to Micah in a second because I want to really save him to last because he's going to be the most complicated one to, to try and suss out yet. Because yeah. I put Chansey Golston, I think Zimmer coming in is a bad. This is bad for Golston. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. We were you. talking about Crawford, you know, the moving up and down the yeah, line. Yeah, like yeah. The, he's the undersized defensive tackle. Zimmer is just going to look at this guy and go, I don't know what to do with you on this defense. Yeah, because when you think about it, we've got two true Fetex and Gallimore and... If they keep Gallimore, I think Gallimore will now get kept because Zimmer's now on board, I think. Interesting. Potentially. But again, that depends what the the free agent market is for him because he is out of contract. So you've got to know, try and get I know, him back. I, I, I find there might be a deal in there for him potentially because Zimmer mm. might actually like his traits, but make him step set as a free tech. Same, yeah. with, same with Osa. We've got our one tech or zero or whatever, whatever how you might want to line up your forefront in a way. Yeah. yeah. Like with Mazi and a uh, uh, well. Is Hankins out for a contract this yeah, year? Yeah, he's out of contract yeah, too. Of contract. Well, so yeah. that's a big question as well. We we'll probably need to get an our defense and an our one tip defensive tackle if we don't bring back Hankins again. But mm-hmm. so, again, Hankins wants to come back, as does Gilmore as well. So you know, potentially there's a secondary sorted again. And and that's a great um, and that's a great thing. The fact that we've got players wanting to come back. Yeah. That's a great thing, like yeah. And this is despite with not with Dan Quinn now gone, they're not like going on podcasts. Sorry, Micah, I'm <laughs> dissing you here, and like saying I'll go where Dan Quinn goes or anything like. That. We're not seeing any of that from from the majority of our defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Here's one for you that I think is, and and this is where the question marks begin to happen, right? Um, so. We'll put these three together, right? Sam Williams, uh, Junior Fahoko, and DeMarvin Overshone. Now, Sam Williams has the issue with flags, offsides, and we know Zimmer is discipline-orientated. He hates those flags. The pre-snap penalties, he hates. Sam Williams, as good as he is as a defensive end, I've spoken about him a number of times, and I think he could break out. He could be the breakout player this year. This could be, yeah, th- this could be the, the the big surprise. Yeah, this could but, be this could the, yeah, like this could be the second round draft pick that we've been expecting from. This could yes. be the one where Zimmer actually is like breaks him out. That little, little bit of tough love, essentially, mm-hmm. to Sam Williams yeah, to definitely, say, definitely, like, definitely. If you don't cut this out, then you're gone, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it's, and I think. Go on, go on, mate. Go on, go on, go on. Like, and, and that's the one thing that people need to realise with Zimmer. He's very cutthroat when oh, he wants to be. Very tough yeah. style of and, 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 and I think Quinn. this is exactly what we need. The tough type, yeah. Again, there are players that have come out and said they absolutely love Zimmer, but in the initial stages of their career, they were frustrated because 
you know, they've gone from one defensive coordinator who lived with their their jumping offside, lining up in neutral zone, that sort of thing, uh, to having to sit on the bench for fifty percent of the game because they'd mess they'd well. made a mess up. But yeah. that then focused them and said, right, I want to be a star in this league. I want to do this. I better get my acting gear. And again, that's you know. The the coaches can only do so much now with this CBA. They don't have two a days all the time uh-huh. during training camp and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, there is only so much that they can do to get these guys focused, ready, and strong enough for for the, this thing. And I mean, around, yeah. quite quite frankly, as well. I mean, Mike Zimmer will be sitting down with Demarcus Lawrence as well. That that comment during Super Bowl week where he said that you know oh, the Cowboys are I was just about to I was about to mention that I'm sorry but that is a terrible excuse I'm sorry yeah. D Law but every team is tired every team is tired and even Stephen Gilmore called him out on that on another podcast at Super yeah. Bowl weekend called him out on that it's like oh did you hear about D Law's comments that saying you were too tired on that he's like every team's tired. It's a long it's like, season. It's like we we just we just we just did not execute our game plan well. Essentially, yeah, we just we true. didn't do it. We did not do our job. Yeah, like true. And but, oh, on, just to, just just to say we were tired. That's a that's a terrible excuse. It really when is. Everybody's the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, terrible right, excuse. As, well, I put down your uh, so Junior or Valami for Hoko. I put like. What's his role? I've got a big question mark on him. I know he's just the rookie and everything else, but I just I'm, I'm thinking about how does he fit with Zimmer, and I've got a big question. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to. Well, work. we haven't seen we haven't seen out. him play. We haven't seen him really play at all. To <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. Put, I mean, I'm basing in. off college, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah. I mean, he, he could be one of those ones that Zimmer might take a big liking to, or he could be out the door. We just don't know. Like. It, it's a big question, up my Mike. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, but we just need to find out where it comes to training camp. He could be one of those ones that makes a breakout. It's like, mm. hold on, man. This is a guy that even play one snap in the regular season last year, and all of a sudden he's tearing it up. What is going on here? It could be the different style of coaching change. It could be the different scheme that might suit towards for Hoko. It could be some the most simplest yeah. things in the world that ma- makes the difference on a certain player. And and then and that can reflect on the best players in our team, like Micah Parsons. Like this could affect him massively. Like mm-hmm. if, if Parsons wants to be a defensive end, then he needs to show that to Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer's the one who's going to make that choice for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hundred percent. And and I I um, think it's quite te- I think it's quite telling as well that Fuhoko didn't get the playing time last year as well even you know going into the red the commanders game at the end of the season that potentially you know you had everything sewn up you were in the playoffs anyway so yeah um you know and the eagles were failing so you know you could have been bringing on backups for that second half you could have brought you could have activated for Hoko that game i wonder if there was a problem with him with the, the the coaching staff, so Dan Quinn, Aiden Dirty, that sort of thing, that, you know, if you said, right, we're moving on from Fuhoko, would you get a market? Could you go to Dan Quinn and say, do you want him for a fourth rounder or something like that? I don't think yeah. Dan Quinn would be too quick to pick up the phone on that one. 
Yeah. Lauren, what was it you said about the Euros again? That they they failed down the stretch. And... Oh, like 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 kind of like this. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's so beautiful. It's a great picture. <laughs> um, but let's talk about Overshun, guys. I know, same with Fahoko. We haven't seen him in the NFL. But I was thinking about how does he fit when you think of typical Zimmer-type linebackers, when you think of the Vikings. You know, again, you know, when I'm thinking of, like, with Anthony Barr, how is Overshun going to fit? And I think he has a big question mark that he needs to figure out on how to utilize as well. I don't know what you guys think on that one. I, I think for like Overshawn, definitely he needs to add some size towards him for sure. Mm. To for the Zimmer that. type. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I think he needs to put like a good extra ten pounds on. At least, uh, like I, f- I think that's a good, a reasonable amount of muscle to pack on ten pounds. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know he's a good tackler, Overshawn. He's very oh, yeah. raw. Like, and that's something that Zimmer really likes very much. He likes his linebackers who knows how to tackle properly and wrap, wrap around and stop the run. Overshawn, we've seen that during college. You can do that, but we yeah. haven't, re- like, obviously the injury sucked. Yes, we didn't get to see him at all, really. But I think with Overshawn going into this season, if he was to get that extra size and bring his skill sets towards his new defensive coordinator and his new dealing coach, and whether how they teach them up and stuff, I, I think this could be a, a big surprise for everyone. Like, yep. from a four, like a fourth round draft pick from Texas could be one of the highlights coming into this draft. It could be, but who knows? It, 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 like you said, Mike, it is a question mark. We just need to kind of wait and see and see what happens and how things might pan out, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I, the next, I mean, obviously, uh, well, obviously, he should have been. He, he he'll be doing drills that he can do while recuperating that leg. So, um, you know, he should certainly be working upper body while he's while he's been, you know, recuperating and all that sort of stuff. So that should help with putting the muscle on there. Um, it's as soon as he's as soon as he's cleared to actually start running, um. You know, and and lifting, doing squats, that sort of thing. That's that's when you need to start trying to pile that on. And he may be behind the eight ball on that one because I mean, typically it's probably about April, March that March, April that he'll be allowed to start lifting weights again on yeah. the leg, probably. Um, I do worry about Overshun's role. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a concern because I like him, like you say, Paul. I like him as the player. Yeah. I mean, it made sense drafting them. Made absolute sense. Hundred percent. And do you know yeah. what's really unfortunate? I think Paul here is that I think Zimmer would have more of an idea on how to utilize him if he hadn't got injured this year. I think the injury is the double-edged sword for Overshow. Yep. Yeah. 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 All right. it's, it's an absolute shame because he could have been a big game, a uh, big difference in our run game this year. Could have been. But let's go to Izzy McQuamu, uh, Nation Wright, and Eric Scott. I think Nation Wright and Eric Scott, I think they could be guys in a bit of a little bit of a pickle here because they're the, you know, that those taller type, lengthy cornerbacks. Yeah. Better in zone than they are man. And if he's playing a lot of cover two, how's that going to translate for these guys? Israel McQuamu. 
is, I think, the wild card here. What do we think? Does he translate to the Zimmer defense? Because I got a question mark. Yeah, I mean, because that was purely Dan Quinn's acquisitions, essentially. That might not be what Zimmer is kind of looking for. He will kind of looking for more guys like your Gilmore's, your Diggs type of size. Yeah, like yeah. once once they can actually like cover Jam. the man. Yeah, yep. like yep. and and let's be honest, like Zimmer doesn't really do. Well, the only time he ever did zone covers was under a. Help me out here, Lorne. Former Cowboys coach. My God, Parcells. Parcells. Yep, that's the only time he really did zone defense was under mm. Parcells. Any other time, he's been pretty much more of it's a man, man coverage. Yeah. It's so, man, I've, I've, yeah. So I think if I was McQuamu, Scott, and who was the fuck? Nation one? Right. Nation, Nation Right. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be concerned if I'm being yeah. honest. I'd be I'm concerned. With you. Yeah. I mean, uh, McQuamu, what position you playing him safe? You know, obviously. This is Jaron, the problem. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jaron curses out the door. This or he's he's a free agent at the moment. You've mm-hmm. you got you, you got good play out. Of, well, you got good play out of one way Thomas this year in spot. No, so I didn't mention him. <laughs> yeah, um, McQuamu was another one of these guys, along with Marquise Bell, that and one way Thomas that you were talking about could step in and play safety. There you um, go. But I think the telling thing for Nashawn Wright again is that. You know, when Stephen Gilmore was struggling with the the shoulder, we had to go to his own for this Packers game and all this sort of stuff. Why, if you had so much faith in Nishon Wright, you could have taken Gilmore off and, you know, you could have at least done a better job of man coverage. Yes, you're, you're missing out on an experienced corner, but surely if you've been training Nishon Wright up and you should have a level of excitement in him or a, yeah, a level yeah, yeah. of confidence I agree in him, with 100%. then, yeah. you know, you could, you could have said, right, next man up and we'll try and scheme for that rather than going to this zone coverage and what have you. So I think Nishon Wright's on the bubble. Um, Eric Scott, I think, Eric's, gets a pass Eric's because Scott he's get, still on he his He gets rookie. a pass because he was a rookie. Yeah. And, you know, again, he showed if... All Mike Zimmer needs to do is go back and look at camp. Eric Scott was actually doing quite a good job in camp. Yeah, no, you're surprised. Was, yeah. You're surprised that he didn't get more playing time this year. Very surprised, um, especially, especially when Diggs went down. That yeah. you know, you thought everybody would bump up one, and that mm-hmm. you know Scott would Scott would be on there. But um, again, he wasn't. He didn't get the playing time that he probably thought thought was possible. Yeah, no, totally all right. Agree. Ready, ready to talk about the big one. Yeah, go for it. How does Micah Parsons fit on this Mike Zimmer <laughs> defense, and what is the clash going to be like here? Because we know Zimmer has already talked about podcasts and player podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we know how well Micah Parsons plays from multiple positions when you dot him around. How do we though think? Zimmer's going to deploy Parsons and deal with him as a person. I don't have a problem with Parsons as the person. I think I he would. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I have no concerns of that whatsoever. I think it, I think 
the only thing that I'll be concerned about if Parsons like Parsons thing is thinking about the big paycheck if he's playing as a defensive end. Yeah, exactly. Well, rather than playing as a linebacker because the the difference is very different very different so i think from that perspective obviously parsons would rather prefer to be the defensive end but zimmer might actually think he's more better suited role for the linebacker role boom yep thank you very much I, th- I think the, the the one thing that's maybe in favor is that michael parsons again he's on his podcast but he's come out and said the culture needs to change for this defense and he's going to help he's going to help change that culture now that then means that he should you know and i i think it's frowned upon at the moment any interaction with coaches and all that sort of stuff until the second phase of um the off season but i think Micah parsons should be accidentally at the star um, round about the same time Mike Zimmer's going for lunch and they sit down and have discussions at the tray table and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, get get on track so that you hit the ground running with them. Um, or even get have an or, under- get, or ha- be on a phone call or something like that. Yeah, ha- have an understanding of what's... What, yeah, an understanding of what's going to be asked of you. What, you know... Are you willing to do this? If you're not willing to do this, then you know we need to we need to think about parting company. You know, and mm. I, I've seen I've seen some people talking about that that you know we could again we could get a couple of draft picks for Michael Parsons. Um, you got a lot. Yeah, we would get a lot would. from put it that way. Yeah. And at the same time, um, I'm not ruling out anything right now. Anything could happen. Parsons wants to obviously wants to stay here, obviously, but he has said that. And I think for me, like if if Parsons wants to kind of change the dynamic of this defense, then he needs to stop what he's doing for start. Yeah, like he needs to get on board what the what Zimmer wants to do and mm-hmm. what Mike McCarthy wants to do, rather than and be the leader of the defense. If that if he wants to be the leader of the defense, then be the leader of the defense. Don't just like on your leisure time and stuff like that, like you, you should be focusing on like, yeah, he's talking about football. Yeah. He's talking about us. Yeah. But it's, it's going to attract the wrong type of attention and you don't want that. You want to be 100% focused. Anything you put out there, like if you want to be focused, keep it indoors. Mm. Like the less we hear about stuff, the better. Yeah. It's true. I I think, the one thing you said is a big takeaway is he's going to move Micah Parsons more rather than as a hand down in the dirt defensive end as a stand-up pass rusher. I think he's going to be more in, looked at as a linebacker when you see how he's going to be. And when you think of Mike Zimmer, that kind of fits perfectly with a lot of things with Micah Parsons and the Zimmer linebackers that he likes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like he, he looks like he, yeah. coming for him. Yeah, he looks like your typical fit for Zimmer having Parsons yeah. as your, as your linebacker. Like, oh, yeah. spe- like especially like maybe like your Samuel backer, for example. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that's the, that's the first thing that came to mind to have him as your Sam. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean that doesn't mean to say Parsons could set new records for the linebacker position in terms of getting paid. He could be that oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like, yeah, I mean, like, like, like he he could be the guy that could actually set the the record for linebackers getting matched up to your defensive ends. He could still get paid all that money, like, but like yeah. never say never. Like, yeah, no, like, no, no. like linebackers, yeah, currently just now are undervalued one hundred percent compared to defensive ends. But yeah. I, I, but I think Parsons could reset that market and give other linebackers like like star linebackers in the league that new voice and shout out there. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't I don't think the money that he gets is going to affect him beyond his rookie contract. I think he would more prefer to be called a defensive end when it comes to the fifth year option. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what it's going to boil down to. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's a conflicting topic I'll have to I have to admit. Mm. I mean, I mean for me, I would rather like, and this is my controversial opinion. I'd rather have Parsons as our linebacker. I'm with you. I'm with you. On the Zimmer defense, works perfect. I would rather have, like even even under Dan Quinn. I would rather like have like your like Dante Fowler as your other defensive end and have Parsons to be the off ball linebacker. Yeah, like that's what he was in Penn State. You know, and you, you can do you can do things with him as a linebacker. You can line him up out wide. You can line him up over the over the center. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you know you can move him around. So again, yeah. team, teams know to that potentially you you can blitz him. Um, you know, and, and Which you, know he's a, you know okay, he's right. a fierce pass rusher as well. Okay, right. So, so let me throw this out to you, right? Um, What's his name? Just signed for the signed for the Bills. Uh, played with the Rams. Won the Super Bowl with him. Um, played for Von Texas. Miller. Von Miller, right? Oh, Von Miller. Like traditionally, he is a linebacker. Traditionally, yeah. he played yeah. he played the linebacker hybrid, going to the edge. Like that's what essentially Pass is doing. Like, and he's still registered as. At OLB, an outside linebacker, he's still registered as that. He's never really kind of classified himself as a defensive end, essentially, right? And look at the, yep. the amount of money that he has actually earned in his career. It's, oh, yeah. it's it's right up there with defensive ends, essentially, right up there. So that's a good comparison Parsons can look towards to if that's what he like if like if that's the whole potential issue if there is any at all so so for me having Parsons at linebacker he can easily surpass surpass Von Miller's type of contracts yep. easily based oh, on what it, he's... It, well just based on natural inflation oh absolutely well. uh, yeah absolutely mate absolutely based on natural inflation and be, in terms of production and nat- scale like, production, like, yeah. and scale production even when he did play defensive end but he can still do that same type of output when he's at back at linebacker well so, i mean the, the other thing to think as well if Micah Parsons is of an ilk of Lawrence Taylor and all that could you imagine Lawrence Taylor playing in a salary cap system he yeah, would have, yeah. he, the the linebacker salary cap would be off the scale at the moment if Lord, if uh, Lawrence Taylor was still playing now. Oh and yeah, Parsons, <laughs> Parsons could do that same thing if he plays linebacker and he plays as effectively as as somebody like Lawrence Taylor. So oh, don't don't say oh well you know linebacker is the cheaper option. 
if you play, if you play all world, all NFL, all pro, whatever, you are going to set the market. You are going to get you are going to get the big bucks. Yeah, and like, you've because you had players like Earl Hacker as well who set records for for, for linebackers yeah. as well way mm-hmm. back for the Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you had like like Earl Hacker, Lawrence Taylor, all these different types of linebackers. These ones and Ray, Ray Lewis, for goodness' sake, yeah, mm-hmm. like. It's like it's it's quite a club to be out there. Like yeah. Ray Lewis, players, mind you, did take a lot of team friendly deals. It, yeah. Well, yeah, in fairness, yeah, but yeah. but still, like if if you if if it was the other way about, can you imagine what Ray Lewis would? Oh have no, earned? yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, true, yeah, yeah. Imagine Charles Haley. <laughs> oh, <that was> yeah, <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But we won't talk about Charles Haley's stories, we've been told, because uh, they'll probably get us banned off it. <laughs> but, uh, yes, that is this week's show. Before we go, though, make sure to go and check our Instagram, our Twitter, X, whatever they're calling it nowadays, and Facebook in the group as well. The details on the 2025 travel package is out. For go and check it out. Yes, for next. So, 2025 Thanksgiving. Check it out. We will get a, a little ad drawn up on here as well, so you can see it on here. We'll put some details down so you guys can go and check it out. We'll put all links up. It is bigger than the last one. It is brighter, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Just go and check it out. Take a read. More information comes out as the season draws on, and we get a little bit closer to everything. You will not want to miss out. People are already queuing up and lining up, saying, <laughs> take my money. So uh, make sure you go and check it out. But since you're here, Paul, it's your yeah. turn to do the read. Yes, guys. If you're planning on going to a Dallas Cowboys game for next season, be sure to uh, go and check out cowboysexperience.com for game tickets, stadium tours, meet and greets, and much, much more. That's right. And we will be with those guys. I'm speaking to them tomorrow, actually. Oh, Barry's doing his thing. But, uh, yes, make sure to go and check it out, guys. Um, so many people seen what we did on the last one uh, and was downhearted that they ended up missing out. So do not miss out on the next one. Pl- give them plenty of time. It's like, what, 18 months Eight, away? Yeah, you got 18 months to start saving. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, let's be honest. We need to be honest. Here. The most expensive part is going to be your flights. True. Right? Yeah. So just need to bear that in mind, folks. But other than that, what you're getting with the package is called an experience for a reason. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you're with everybody as well. We're all in a group. We're all collectively together, all doing it all together, which I think is what was so massively appealing to the last group we had come with us. Yeah, because if there's one thing that I thought it was great to have last season just there, is the fact we've actually got to meet a lot of fellow UK Cowboys fans in the flesh, and we just built up a really good bond when we were over there. We had such a good laugh, and yeah, it, it was definitely one of the best highlights being a Cowboys fan. Was going to be with everybody from the, the community. in a group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was that fantastic. You've all together and being together. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I I've known some of the guys that were on that tour. I've known them for thirty years, but this was the first time I got to meet actually meet up with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and it, 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 I I say that 
that bus trip that we had where we did the um, hard date barbecue. Oh the, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the star, everything like that. That was that. That probably was a great bonding experience there because we were all chatting, we were all knackered after the game, but you were still. <laughs> well, I was hungover, Lauren. I don't remember much. <laughs> no, this, this one fell asleep in a brewery. That's yeah. how bad things yeah. got. We went to Hop and Sing Brewery and Paul fell asleep. Yeah. I draped a flag over him and he put his little head down. Yeah. I I had I had taken home that night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got the yeah. Uber home and you guys went you guys went off to Texas Live. Yeah, we went to Texas Live, yeah. And uh that's kind of how things ended. But make sure guys just go and check it out. Any questions, any details, we've had plenty of messages already. Just shoot us a message. We'll inbox you any details, any queries or questions you have. We'll help you. We're here basically just to help you guide through uh, one of the best weeks of your life, especially if you're a Cowboys fan. So that's what we're there for. But that is it for this week. We will be back on Tuesday uh, where we're going to look at a group of running backs. So it's running backs on the list uh, on Tuesday with Brian on the Project Prospect. But, uh, yes, apart from that, have a great weekend, guys. We will be back next week. Stay safe. I started with the first word, so these guys are ending with the last word, and we will see you then. Yeah, have a good week, guys. We're one weekend closer to the start of the regular season. It's a long t- long way off, but we're getting closer. Uh, yes, I'll just say my usual screen down, so I will probably come again. There it is.